Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Good morning everyone. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for a new day today. We thank you for this weekend. We thank you for this opportunity. That even when you created creation, you rested on the seventh day and you give us that opportunity to rest as well. We thank you, Father, for the powerful teaching that you have given us last night. So that when we look at ourselves, we look at our self-image. We rebuild our confidence. And we do not let the enemy gain any kind of stronghold over us. We do not let them belittle us. Brother Savio has shared a powerful reflection on that as well. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to come to you again. To draw from you, to drink from you, to use your word as a mirror to see ourselves, and to see our relationship with you. And as we get to know you through that word, to come closer to you and build on a stronger foundation, our relationship with you, that we might build our house on that rock, unmovable, unshakable. So that no flood water from under, no wind from around, and no rain from the top can come and shake it in any way or damage it. We thank you, Father, for the peace and the joy that you pour into our hearts. That peace which only you can give. And what you give, no one else can give or take away. So that in the midst of all our challenges, we are able to stand strong. And we want to share that peace and joy this morning with all those that are part of this prayer meeting. And with all those that are part of this prayer group called by your name. This praying family called by the Holy Spirit Brisbane Prayer Group. We share it with all those, Lord, for whom prayers have been requested on this group and all those that have no one to pray for them. We share it with all those that are Christians and have not yet encountered you personally. They do not know you personally. You are still a God that hangs on a cross in the church. and You are not real and you are not personal to them, Jesus. And we share it with all those that have chosen to walk away from you. Let their eyes be opened, Father, to see you. To see your glory. And to know you. That their steps then be ordered back and turned towards you. And they're able to come back and give their hearts to you. Quicken them, O oh Father. Draw them near and they shall come. So as we make our prayer this morning, we call on your name, the name of our maker, our creator, the name of our father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and Jacob, the God of David, the God who honors faith, the God who is ever merciful, the God of abundance, the God of miracles, our refuge and our portion in the land of the living, the Holy One of Israel, who in the midst of his people is mighty, 
And we pray in the name of Jesus, his son, the one who taught us faith, the rock himself, the God of our salvation, the lion of Judah, our daily bread. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of the living God, the spirit of truth, the spirit of light and life. The one who made his tabernacle in our bodies. That this body purchased at a price through the blood of Jesus. Might be transformed into a temple. Where the father is worshipped and glorified. And this life might be transformed into that same image and likeness. That the father planned and created us in. Every distortion in it, every aberration in it brought in by the wicked one, can be straightened, flattened, and remolded back into the image of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for the gift of your Son, Jesus, for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Jesus, for the gift of salvation. We thank you, Lord, for the gift of your word. Here you reveal to us your plans, your prophecies, your principles. where you reveal to us everything that you want to show us about you so that we can get to know you more and come closer to you, to build our relationship with you. We thank you, Father, for the gift of prayer. That as we understand your word and get closer to you, that helps shape our prayer. And it is your Holy Spirit then who prays with us in the spirit. We are able to speak your word and he moves. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with a roof over our head, with food on our table, you establish the work of our hands. It is you who bless us with an increase in our finances. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with family, with friends, with angels, with destiny helpers. You have blessed us with every spiritual gift in the heavenlies. You are able to make every grace abound towards us. Your hand is not short. You are always willing to bless. We thank you, Father that you will, will never leave us. You have carved us on the palm of your hand and you would never forget us. We thank you, Lord. And today as we make our prayer, we reflect on Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 to 10, where it says, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, he says. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings, the ones that you have withheld. That's what the extended amplified version says. Verse 9, you are cursed with a curse for you are robbing me. This whole nation. And now that curse is not the curse of the law. This is a different kind of curse. So verse 10 says, bring all the tithes, that is the tenth, into the storehouse. The question that comes up here is, is God so wicked that he wants our wealth? The whole universe is what he made. 
Even in Luke 6, verse 38, it's why does he say, first give and then it shall be given to you? Instead of saying, take and it shall be given to you. Let us reflect on this today. Does God really want our wealth? And the first thing to note is that he is the maker of it all. But more importantly, Psalm 24 verse 1 tells us that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. That includes us too. The earth and its fullness, everything in it belongs to him. And 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20 reminds us that we were bought for a price. So we belong to him as well. We are not our own. And yet we claim property, we claim belongings, we claim cars, we claim everything as though they are ours, that they belong to us. And we will own them forever. All the gold, all the precious metals, gemstones, natural resources and everything that lives on the earth belongs to him. The earth and its fullness. And then why does he say then, when everything belongs to him, why does he say, bring all the tithes, the tenth of what you earn? Why does he want us to give? When Psalm 68 verse 19 says, he daily loads us with benefits. And you can actually use that verse to claim that benefit from the Father in your personal prayer. Psalm 68 verse 19, a very powerful one. He daily loads us with benefits. So then the question is, why does he want from us? And here are a few reasons I think why. Before he gives you something, before he gives you an increase, before he blesses you with financial or material benefits, he tests your commitment and your ability to manage the resources that are his. Remember in Genesis, he made us stewards of his creation, not owners, stewards. A steward is a manager. So he tests our commitment and our ability to manage it. So here are those few points. Number one, he's testing our obedience to see if we will listen to his instruction or will we disobey? Will we follow his will or our will? For his work, he needs people that will do as they are instructed. He does not trust our thinking. Well, when we reflect closely, at times even we don't trust our own thinking. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. He is testing that obedience to see whether we can carry out the works that are his. Number two, he's testing our faith. Will we hold on beyond hope where all logic suggests that things will fail? He tested Abraham for obedience and for faith before he made a covenant with him. And it is only when Abraham held on to that test of obedience and faith 
that the Lord blessed him with the covenant of abundance. Is that what we are missing? Is that why our abundance is not coming to us? Where we shall never lack anything. If he is to make that covenant with you, he needs to be sure that you carry that character, that you carry that ability. Number three, he's releasing you from bondage. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. He's releasing you from that yoke. And this is so that we are able to rise above serving mammon, above serving money. For in Matthew 6 verse 24, Jesus taught us you cannot serve both God and money. You have to serve one and leave the other. When we reflect on our lives, most of us unfortunately are slaves to money either through poverty or through ambition. He wants to break that yoke where money must serve you and not the other way around. Are we prepared to carry that mindset where money can no longer influence our thinking, money can no longer corrupt us, But we are able to use money for kingdom prosperity and our own personal prosperity. That our soul will prosper and then we prosper in the physical as well and yet not be corrupted by it. He's releasing you from that bondage. Number four, so that he can trust us with all that he wants to give us. To be sure that we will not be selfish, we will not be full of pride. And in that pride, be filled with the lust of riches. To test your honesty and your integrity. He will first give you small gains and observe what you do with them. Are you faithful when you have small gains? Only then will he trust you with big gains. Even in our small gains, despite and amidst all our challenges, are we ready and open to give one-tenth of it to them? Only if he can trust you, will he allow you to handle bigger things. Isn't that the way it works with earthly businesses as well? Only when people are able to manage smaller teams are they given bigger teams. Only when we are able to manage smaller jobs efficiently, are we able to rise to the next level and handle bigger ones? It is no different here. Why would he give you a credit card that has unlimited balance on it if he cannot trust you with $10? He tests. He tests to see if we are faithful in that. Number five, Giving is a sign of love. You won't give if you don't feel love. It's 
So he wants us to grow in love and operate out of love. Irrespective of whether the person we are giving to is known to us or not. It is only if you operate out of love that you will give to that person. He is testing that love. Now let us put all these five things together. What can Satan do about such a person? About one who is obedient to God? About one who is faith-filled and scripture-speaking? About one that does not serve money? And one that operates out of love? Satan can no longer do anything because there is no way he can tempt such a person. How will he tempt one? who carries all these characteristics. So now you see, it's a small, a small matter of whether we are givers or not. That is what transforms our thinking and our nature. And yesterday, Brother Vivek put an extreme emphasis on Romans 12 too, about renewing our mind, reformatting our hard disk. This is how we can reformat it in a way that Satan can no longer get an anchor there, can no longer get any kind of stronghold attached so that he might corrupt and tempt. And this is why God loves a cheerful giver, not one who gives grudgingly. Jesus was cheerful when he gave all of himself. He never complained. Now many of us tithe, many of us give. The question is, do we give out of love for God? Or is it out of fear? Or is it out of greed for gain? Knowing that when we give some amount, he will open the floodgates. He will open the windows of heaven and pour out a sevenfold blessing that we see in Malachi 3, verse 10 to 12. What is the intent behind our giving? It is clear he does not want your money. Then what is he after? And the answer lies in Proverbs 23, verse 26, where he says clearly, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes delight in my ways. That is, follow my word in obedience, the way that I am teaching you. He wants your heart. He wants you to give your tenth percent of your produce or earnings with 100% of your heart. Not with a grudge where we have only 10% of our heart in it. And then the 10% of the produce that we give looks so big and we're even rethinking it. Should we? Should we be giving? Only if it is 100% of your heart involved in that 10% of giving. Only then is it acceptable to him as an offering. Only then will it count towards opening the floodgates of heaven. Only then can he trust you and be sure that whatever he pours in the form of that huge blessing, you will not misuse it, you will not squander it, but you will use it to bless yourself, to bless others, and to fulfill works of the kingdom. That is his purpose of giving you that increase. That is all he wants to know, whether you will handle it responsibly. Whether you are going to be that steward that he spoke of in Genesis chapter 1. 
This is a question each tighter must evaluate when they give. Am I doing it correctly? And is that the reason why you are not experiencing an increase? And when you give in this way, he even says, I'll reward you. It looks like a lot. But when he says, when he gives, he, he adds that reward system to it. He, sets, he has set up principles and laws that reward people for aligning with this kind of giving. When you give with all your heart, fulfill the condition and receive the blessing. It is like us saying to our children, score well in your exams and I shall give you a gift or a reward. Does that sound familiar to us as parents? When we want our children to do something, we say, do this and I shall reward you. You get a pizza or you get some other gift. And we know that what they are doing is for their own benefit. It will teach them something and it will help them grow into a better person or build their career. God uses a similar principle there. It is for building a better person out of us. Becoming a giver makes us better Christians. Now let's go back to Luke 6.38. He talks about being given back a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. The reward for passing the test and proving yourself a fit for ministry for the works of his kingdom. Again in Malachi 3 verse 10 to 12, he says, He'll even stop the devourer whose job is to eat up your success, to eat up your prosperity and prevent you from growing. He will put that devourer on a leash, on a chain, so that the devourer cannot come near you anymore. And that prosperity should come to God's people. But it doesn't. Because more often than not, we ourselves give the devourer permission to intercept our fortunes and steal it when we do not obey God's word. In verse 11 and 12, he even says, your fruit will not fall to the ground before time. That is, every plan will be successful. It will not be aborted or fail. It will not fall to the ground before time, before that fruit is ripe. This he guarantees. If you look closely, he says, test me in this, in those verses. So he doesn't want your money. All that he wants is his son and his daughter back, but in a form that carries the nature of love as a giver and one that is formidable as Satan cannot corrupt. It is important to understand when God tells you to do something in a particular way, it is important for us to understand why. What is he trying to get us to do or be? And then we are able to commit more wholly. How will that transform us? What is the greater scheme of things in there? And to not take it literally. Then we are able to commit more wholly from our hearts. Otherwise, it will be a decision made in the flesh and will not yield results because it fails the law and we operate on it without understanding that law that he has attached to it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we each understand 
every such principle and provision that you have made in the bible where you require us to fulfill certain conditions before that blessing that covenant that promise can be enacted for us we ask for that wisdom to understand lord show us the way show us the bigger picture of what you are really molding us into and how you are transforming not just that one part of our life but an entire side of it so that there are certain things we will leave behind no longer to revisit them so that we can be abraham's seed as we have seen yesterday so that we can be that steward that son that daughter that you want us to be we ask for that edification in our spirit as we pray for that spiritual growth we also pray for our physical and our temporal needs those of our families and every request that has been mentioned on the prayer group we pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease for all those that are in war torn zones battling for their lives people that have lost everything through destruction even in the recent floods here in brisbane we pray for all those families that are battling separation and division Likewise, we pray for all the families of the Brisbane Prayer Group and every member in it. We cover them with your precious blood, Jesus. We declare that blood as our hedge of protection. We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, your plan for us, in accordance with our needs. we call the angel of the lord to encamp about each of us and keep us safe from harm sin danger accident injury pilfering theft hijacking and terrorism any kind of natural disasters as well lord we command that angelic protection in the name of the king of kings jesus we pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds in their lives as well that as we reflect on yesterday's teaching and with your help holy spirit we are able to break loose from those shackles under the authority of the name of jesus i declare every such chain broken as well over the lives of those that listen to this prayer that they are able to quit addictions that they are able to overcome any kind of yoke of the enemy they are able to rise up in boldness received from the spirit of god and in the name of jesus stand tall free and liberated be filled with his word be filled with his presence and a renewed commitment to get to know him more so that that house that has been swept clean will no longer be empty but filled with the word of god and his presence we pray also for all those that are battling financial challenges those that are looking for jobs that the new opportunities created for them in the spirit are made available from the mercy of the father are connected to them through their destiny helpers
we activate those destiny helpers in the name of Jesus. We pray also for our own personal needs, those of our families and our friends, especially those members that have not yet received their gift of salvation. Quicken them, Father, and they shall call on your name. They shall be saved. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we release our faith and we make this our prayer of agreement, your word says, your integrity backs it, that the Father in heaven will do that for us. We make this our prayer of agreement with each other and with your Holy Spirit that prays with us and intercedes for us, Lord. We thank you for every miracle that comes out of this prayer. I encourage all those that can pray in the spirit to unmute and join in. And those that are praying for the gift of tongues to please release your tongue. Ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Trust in him for that gift and ask with the right intent of intercession. Let us now unmute and pray in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Sanda <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you, Jesus, for answering our prayer. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The scripture I've been given today is from Galatians 6, 7 and 8. Do not be deceived. Sorry. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture that was put on my heart today was from Isaiah 55, 1 to 3. Come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. The scripture put on my heart was John 10, 11. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd who is willing to die for the sheep. No one takes my life away from me. I give it up of my own free will. I have the right to give it up and I have the right to take it back. This is what my father has commanded me to do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.
Father, we thank you that you speak to each of us individually in our prayers, to our circumstances and all the challenges that we personally face this day. And you pour out your wisdom, your allocation of understanding for us today and your mercy to pull us out of each pit. And you show us through your word who you are, but more importantly, who we are. We thank you for that powerful teaching last night, Father. That we are able to carry that self-image knowing that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Knowing and living with that revelation that we are God's favorite son and daughter. We thank you, Father. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his jealous love that brings his favor that chases and overtakes us. Let that be multiplied in each of our lives this day so that our lives become a testimony and effulgence of his presence. And let us carry that testimony and his gospel and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, everyone.